Welcome back to Plus This. I'm Kathy Deach. And I am Eva Tingley. <laughs> did you guys miss us this week? Did you? We missed you. I don't know. We did a lot of things this week that you could have been in. Oh, on. yeah, that you could have caught have us. You didn't us. You didn't. You probably didn't miss us because you probably <laughs> saw us yesterday. And if you didn't, go back to our page and... Buy our clothes. Yeah, so we, we did had a Facebook a, we live had a sale. Facebook live sale, closet sale. Yeah, and we had so much fun with everybody. It, it is fun. It was fun. We tried to do a little earlier for you East Coast types. Yeah, but it was real sweltering hot. But we did it. Oh, we did it for you. We did it. We did it for you. And you can still go and look at the videos and buy the clothes if you like them. Yes, you just have to private message us on Facebook and yes. tell us your PayPal. Email, email address, address and then and the, the plus number. bus and the number of item that you want. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sharing it. Look at me. Kathy's oh. multitasking. I'm multitasking, multitasking terribly. You guys, we have such an amazing guest for you this week. I am so excited. I'm like fangirling like crazy. You know, like my inner Olympic athlete is just like, dun, 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 like just so excited <laughs> because we have an Olympian for you guys. Legit. Legit. Olympic athlete <laughs> Dawn Ellerby is here with us. Yay. You guys, and when she comes on, she's looking mighty fierce. Yes. Yes. I mean, never. I mean, I love that she thought it might be too much for us. But I know. We're obviously. like, girl, get it. <laughs> no, never. It. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> so, um, on top of the sale, um, being hot, the rest of the week was really hot. Oh my gosh. Yes. The whole, okay. You like avoided the heat from like go. You went to go see a documentary in order to not be yeah. in your hot apartment. Well, the only thing in my apartment that works is if the air conditioner's on, I have to be within a six inch radius for me to feel cool, <laughs> and that just gets a little claustrophobic. Yeah, you're like, uh, so you're like, I was like, let's go to the movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I got to see uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor," which was beautiful, and I cried my eyeballs out. Yes. And everybody did. You said, yeah, the, it was an afternoon, which is a full it was a documentary people. about Mr. Rogers. If you are yes. not familiar. And there's a moment at the end, I will not give it away, that, guys, I just lost it. I just lost it. Like, it's did beautiful. you actually, like, sob, sob? Or were you just, like... ugly cry. Just, like... <gasps> I, was, I went to a place. Yeah. I allowed myself to go to that place. I could see other people not, but I allowed myself to go, and I was real overwhelmed at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I, I want to do that in movies, and then I'm like, oh, right, there's other people here like Eva you can't sob out loud like I want to be like ah, ah, you know yes. <laughs> and then you're like ah, ah. okay but I like you feel that coming on you know and yeah, then you're yeah. like oh there's yeah there's other people I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have a quiet tears <laughs> oh, streaming down my one, face just streaming just <laughs> but you had to suffer a terrible uh, blackout for you two guys there okay on Saturday I was like these are my Chronicles of Eva Tingley's first world problems. <laughs> it was 118 degrees in the valley on Saturday. And at 7 o'clock p.m., our power went out. And it did not come on. And they kept going, oh, it's going to go on at 8. No, it's going to go on at 11. No, it's going to go on at 4 a.m. No, it's going to go on at 8.30. No, it's going to go on at 11. No, it didn't. It didn't go on until like 9 o'clock the following, 9 o'clock p.m. the following night. And I realized how much of like a real wuss I was about it. Like I was like, oh, I can't sleep. It's too hot. Oh, 
first of all, I like run hot anyway. Yeah, I mean, you do. You do. But I uh, know I really do. Eva loves it chilly at her place. I really want I it to be freezing. I really want it freezing all the time. And I'd like to be under a blanket while it's freezing. <laughs> okay. Figure it that out. That is my, that's what I like. <laughs> so the fact that I was like, and Peter was like mostly fine with it. He was kind of like, hmm. I'm okay. Yeah. I was I like, see him. I, need, I, need, I can't take any off. Take any more clothes off. I can't get any more <laughs> naked, guys. I was like, so, I was yeah. miserable. I was miserable. Yeah. So you guys escaped to a hotel. Yes, we escaped Smart. to a hotel that accepted dogs. And we swam in the pool the rest of the day. That's Thank good. God. That's a good day. That's At least you got to do that. Yeah. That's and we really got to good. celebrate my mom and my brother-in-law's birthdays that, that weekend, which That's was fun. That's a good one. That's good. Yeah. The Emmy nominations came out today. I know. And a couple friends of the show. Yes. I just love it. Our uh, Glow, Netflix. So pretty Young. young. Um, I don't know. I don't think. I don't know if she personally did, but the show got seven. Wow. Yeah, it was like a really big deal. And and makeup artist extraordinaire to our show. Joe DeLude. Joe DeLude, the second. The second, too. Uh, um, <laughs> he did Made Me the Hulk, Made Me She-Hulk. And, and what I really want to say, remember that, guys? Remember? Yeah, we I posted it today. So you can and go he, got, he got nominated for Jesus Christ Superstar I doing know, the makeup for them. Which was so beautiful. Which I thought is that was so bravo, deserving. bravo. Bravo. Yeah, that's it's exciting. His first one. It's his first that's He's very exciting. I, I hope he wins. Fun. We also had a fan reach out to us. <clears throat> yeah, that was that was like I really like. Oh, this is happening. Like, oh, like someone's reaching out to us for advice. Yeah. <laughs> like, we have Guys, to, like, sometimes we just feel like we're trying so hard to figure it out ourselves. <laughs> no, but sometimes <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're just like talking into the ether. Sometimes, like it's like no one's watching or listening. So then, when somebody reaches out, I'm like. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, because yeah. she was um, feeling like her workplace was fat phobic because they put up a notice about like the week number 11 of the biggest loser at our workplace. And she said, every time I see it, I feel upset about it, but I don't know how to bring it up without eye rolls and without the dismissal of a fat girl complaining. I don't think diet culture is he healthy, and I think people can do whatever they want on their own time, but I don't think that it's appropriate for the workplace. Any ideas on how to broach the subject without being fat shamed or worse? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You can't really avoid what someone is going to say about you or to you. Like, you can't control anybody else's actions. True. So... I think that just going to someone like with facts is always helpful and always giving them the benefit of the doubt that they don't even realize that this would be fat phobic or, you know, maybe even if somebody had an eating disorder, very triggering. Right. So, um, so I mean, that's kind of, you know, what we ended up telling her what's, you know, advice. I sent an article to her like separately. I was like, oh, I forgot this article is really great. But basically like. It's proven that even in the workplace, these competitions don't last. Like, like people, less than two percent of the people maintain and and even what is the what is the weight. what is the point? I feel like there are other ways to like cultivate camaraderie in the workplace other than like let's lose weight together so yeah. that we can like commiserate together. Well, I, I feel like it's also a, like shows you how connected we are to food. I mean, it. it we have such a crazy perspective of food in this country. And it's all about, it's very Puritan. It's very like, let's like really 
count every calorie and let's separate all the food groups and let's like uh, no carbs this not you know it's well and it's I think very... about I think about the fatitude documentary and how they talked about like there's all this like dieting 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 lose weight do this do, don't don't eat this eat that don't la and then there's like these this food network and learn how to like braise a <laughs> lamb shank and do all this stuff and like food 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 yes. and then there's like this crazy glamorization of food at every second right yeah. and it's no, like it's real busted uh, yeah yeah so I don't know I mean I I'm sure her company did mean it as like a let's bond over this and listen my family I don't know if I've ever told you this Eva but my family would do a biggest loser within it I, I've told, yes you here, have told me I've that, said yeah. it here on the show before like I am one of a, a vast clan of fatties like I used to waddle into the Weight Watchers at 10 with, like, everybody else, my cousins, my aunts, uncles, all in little fat ducks in a row, just, like, waddling in. <laughs> so my extended family also participates in The Biggest Loser, and they would use it as a bonding thing where everybody would get together, like, once a week and weigh themselves. But what was hilarious is that my dad would host it and would make an entire, like, buffet. table buffet <laughs> of, like, like, just, like, be eating like and, and fruits trust me there was fruit there's a lot of fruit on the table we're from philly that's my philly accent they fruit that's my dad's big defense we got a fruit plate what's the problem i'm like yeah but you also have like this chicken cha-cha that's like cream of mushroom soup and chicken and like onions crushed on i don't know so the fried onions so on this, top this hilarious thing where like you'd see everybody going weighing and then just putting food on their plate putting like, putting putting, putting food. food on their plate so <laughs> So ridiculous. So I'm sorry. It just tickles me so much because my my siblings and I and my in-laws really bonded over that, like the insanity of it. Right. But my favorite was is that my one cousin who has a wooden leg one. <laughs> she would take off her leg to get weed. And it was like this really big thing. They were like, she needs to take off her leg to get weed. She can't count it and then take it off at the end. Like it was like a hilarious whatever. And my family. That's how competitive if, your family was about the biggest loser. Guys. Very That's competitive. Amazing. That's and by amazing. the way, I don't know if anybody's kept the weight off or if they ever did, but it is a bonding thing, is what I will say. Like for them. Yeah, it but was. I think that at the workplace they, they could find another way. Oh. There are other ways to boost morale. There are other Absolutely. ways to have camaraderie at, at the workplace. Absolutely. I and I said to her, I was like, go to your HR department and figure out what your harassment policy is. Like, a lot of times, body bias isn't a part of that. Right. So, like, you might not have, like, an official leg to stand on. So then if you find out that it's not covered, then you probably do have to go to, like, a, a, a someone who's your manager and just say personally, like, hey you know, this is really bothering me and it's triggering. So, yeah. you know, is there a way we could just not do it? Like, just not publicize it and put it out well, there. Well, and why, like, what they did was they posted a, uh, a flyer in the women's bathroom. Yeah. And so I just kind of feel like... I don't know. That's like a... I don't know. That's like a private place where you're, like, looking at yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it was posted on the mirror. Yeah. So that, like... You're looking at yourself and you're like, oh. And going, oh, I should lose weight. I guess I should do this. <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't know. I, I just know. feel like it yeah. should be, there's other ways that they could do it. And maybe that's what we need to come up with. Other ways to boost morale in the workplace. Yeah, other guys, than tell us diet your ideas. Tell us your ideas. <laughs> other than diet right culture. Now. Okay, yes. so we should take a break, right? Yes. Because yes. I need to ask Don Ellerby so all the questions. questions. 
I'm asking her all the questions, you guys. So just know everything about her. We're gonna figure it. We're going to dig deep. No, she's gonna be like, what? What are we talking about? (laughs) We have all the Olympic questions for Don Ellerby with you guys next. We're back with Plus This, and Dawn Ellerby is here. Hi, everybody. Olympic athlete. Okay, I just have to say, first of all, Dawn is a five-time USA indoor champion, six-time USA outdoor champion in the hammer throw. She claimed the gold medal at the 1999 Pan American Games and set a games record. She also competed in the 2000 Sydney Olympics in the hammer throw. Come on. Just like a champion all around. Yes. I'm just like, I'm like in awe of you. I have like, a, like seriously, since I was a child, I have always wanted to be in the Olympics because the 1984 Olympics were here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and my parents took us and my, my dad ran track. My dad ran the hurdles wow. and my dad went to the deaf Olympics. My parents are deaf. So uh, my dad went to the Deaf Olympics in 1956 and competed in in hurdles. And so that's what we went to. We went to see track in um, in the 1984 Olympics. That's and awesome. So I have a lot of like memories of that. Even though I was very little, I remember a lot of it. And so I'm just like, like you are fulfilling my dreams being here and meeting you being here is filling my dreams too I'm so excited oh perfect answer perfect answer and you're so stunningly gorgeous we were literally having like probably a very strange conversation for other people about how beautiful you were I know and we kept coming back to it like we're like talking about like preparing and everything I was like she's just so beautiful I know we're like she's just so true takes one to know one thank you Tell us about Sydney. Tell us about, had you ever, I mean, it's kind of hard to go any further than that. Like, right. had you ever yeah. been, had you I traveled had, a lot? I had not. I had not been to Australia. Wait, so did you have to, like, get a passport in order, like, okay. was that the first thing you had to do? Like, that was no. the first? Okay. I was fortunate enough, I've been competing in track and field since 1992. And then okay. when I got into the hammer, my college coach, love him, he decided that, Dawn, you're going to throw the hammer. And I'm like, okay. 
<laughs> Thanks, Coach. I'm going to go there. Wait, wait. For those of us who don't know what the hammer throw is, can you explain that? Okay, so many people know, like in track and field, you know, the shot putting discus at throwing events, right? right? And the javelin. So everyone pretty much knows what they are. So for those who have no idea what the hammer throw is, it's a, imagine putting a shot put at the end of about a three and a half foot wire. All my hammer friends would get mad because I don't know the exact length of the wire anymore. <laughs> How dare you? Ago. <laughs> and at the end of the wire, and then you would have a certain technique is usually a spin. It's between like, it depends on who's throwing, one to four spins, and you wow. release, and you have to spin like, you get like three seconds to do One it. to four spins? It depends. Again, when, you first start, when you first start throwing, you might throw one. That might be right. if you're in high school. But okay. like most of our elite throwers, they throw th three or four, um, three or four turns, we call it. I won't call it a spin. A turn. Three and you only have three seconds. So you have no, three seconds? No, it's not oh. timed. I mean, that's oh, oh. how long it takes. Did you ever oh, oh, see a I video see. of a hammer Yeah, it's thrower? very fast. It's very fast. So, um, But, that, like, why wouldn't you just, like, keep going to, like, build up momentum? Because you only have about an eight-foot ring. Oh, that's true. You have to stay in the ring. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. You can't so be, like, super dizzy. Sometimes color inside the line. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have, a, like, a really nerdy question. So, like, do you... What happens after... With the string, like, do you, is there like a gun, like a, how does it, you like just let go of the whole thing? You let go of the whole thing. And the whole so thing you, just. Let me say that how the wire is attached to the hammer, right? Yeah. So you have like, you have your shot put and it has like a little sp uh, swivel on okay. it, right? And then that's attached. You ever got a um, hanger from the dry cleaners? Yeah. You see how it's twisted together? Yes. That's how they twist the wire. And okay. then the wire gets straight. They twist it again and they add a handle. Okay. And that's how it all stays and together. And so then you, to you toss the handle everything. You toss everything. I was wondering if there was like a little lever release. and it would just like, the, like you release the, the ball. Just goes whoosh. <laughs> I wanted that secretly. I wanted to, them to create that. But you want to know what's amazing? Well, I you probably know this, but our viewers probably don't know. But you were in the very first Olympics where they had women's hammer yes. throw. Yeah, I'll give you a little history. Um, I got into the hammer, like I said before. I was throwing shot, putting discus. I was uh, playing basketball in high school, and my um, track coach was like, you're going to come out for the track team, and you're going to throw the shot put. And I was like, I guess I was a good girl, because I'm like, yes, sir, I sure am. <laughs> and, uh, I started in track and field, and I got a scholarship to the University of South Carolina. So thankful. Yes. And I met my coach there, Larry Judge. And he introduced me to the hammer, because he had the foresight to know that it was going to be introduced to the NCAA, who gov the governing oh. body of all, of all college athletics as a championship event in 1996. And that's the first year I started throwing in 95. I won nationals that year. I won nationals in 96, 97. And then I just kind of kept going from there. So the hammer throw even took me to Laramie, Wyoming, the great city of Laramie, <laughs> <Wyoming>. <laughs> <laughs> I went there wow. and from there I made the Olympic team. So that's kind of how I got into it. It was, um, I was just blessed to be in the right place at the right time. I had a really great coach and he introduced me to the event and we just went on from there. Did it come naturally to you? No. Okay. Okay, so imagine having a weight um, that's close to nine pounds on about a three and a half foot wire and having to turn it around your head. Right. Right? So we're spinning around our head. We're co coordinated enough to take three spins after that and then let it go. Like the first and let time it I go in the, in the right direction. The right direction because <laughs> in the right direction inside of a hammer cage. Right, right. So yeah, yeah. It wow. took some time for me to learn how to how to do it. It wasn't natural. This is like a real <laughs> listen. I am not a sporty spice, so I have to ask crazy questions like this. You know, in dance, when you turn, you spot mm -hmm. like, and, and that's what figure skaters and some moves do too. Do you, do you spot as you spin or you just let it go? I don't think so. I, I, no, I never spot it. I spot it when you start. You know, you yeah. keep looking to the, I can remember now, like if you're right-handed, you kind of look to your right so your ball gets past you when you start. But you start and then you just go. 
I don't think there's a spot because you don't I, stop. So right, it's not right. Like you twist your head and stop, and twist oh, your head okay. and stop. Okay, there's no you right, right. Going. You're just going mm-hmm. and going to build oh the momentum. Oh my god, just vertigo. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so you, so in the okay, I just have to know when you were in. Did you get to participate in the opening ceremonies? Absolutely. Can you just like tell me everything? <laughs> like I, that is like my dream. <laughs> okay, the opening ceremonies are a great experience, right? For this, for the athlete involved, I'm gonna give you some behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah yes, yeah. please do but it. For the athlete involved, right? So every country that's in the in the Olympics is allowed to participate in the opening ceremonies. Right. I don't know that to be a fact. I'm just my own experience, right? Right. So if you had. Um, you, the United States is a U, and they go in alphabetical order. Right. And we usually have the biggest contingency. I right. think it's like 800 um, Americans. Well, it actually goes in. It goes in out al- in alphabetical order in the in the, French. In, no, in the country of oh, that's the hosting of the country, of the that's, country hosting. that's hosting. Well, English is a language in Sydney. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Order, so yeah. we're a U. So the right. whole team. It's not just a track team. It's every team. It's sitting in the stands for about three hours. Right. You know. I mean, but the whole experience is like something like you can never. I think when you're um when your plan is you're if you're an athlete you go from student athlete to professional athlete and your plan is to be great like you don't train to get second place you train to win right right so you train to win you win your olympic trial you go to the olympics and it's it's not as big of a deal when you're doing it because it's all part of your plan Mm. when you look back on it you're like what did i do that (laughs) (laughs) so i think think sometimes now i look back and people ask me about it they find out because i just woke up to people like hi i'm doing i'm an olympian right well i always someone that says that that says about me when i think back about it it is a huge deal and i'm so grateful that i had that opportunity it is such a huge deal because i would probably say less than one percent of the population gets to do it yeah, I think it's 800, um, 800 athletes uh, every four years. I think it's about 800. Right, so that's, that's the last that I, that I read. It could be less or more. Don't quote me on that. But that's not a lot of people. No. No, it's Especially, not. I'm sure, doing Hammer that first year. And that, yeah, and that first time... Like why didn't they? Why didn't they have women? Because the, the men did it since like 1906. Since the beginning of time. Yeah. Right. You so know, I'm why? Really, I'm really not sure because it was the first year they had it in the um, in '96. Was the first year they added it for women in the in college at the college level as well. And I think still until this day, I'm a little bit removed from the world of track and field. But I think until this day, they don't still don't throw it in high school for mm. men or women. It's oh. not. It's not the easiest sport to practice and train for safety reasons. You just can't sure, go to a sure. whole, uh, field and start tossing hammers right, around. Right, right, right. right. You can always run like, Yeah, you can say, hey, there's always a nice <laughs> 90-pound weight coming your way. <laughs> oh, my God. I, do you want to know? Everyone's wearing helmets everywhere. Can I tell? Oh, my God. This is going to be a ridiculous story to tell, but I kind of feel like it's related. I have my own version of a hammer throw, um, but accidentally. <laughs> So I was in uh, a show called Wicked, and in this one scene, um, it, it's a musical, and we had like I had a hammer. We all had wep- weapons. I'm like, do you not know what Wicked I'm is? Like, I'm like, I know. I love how some she's talking know. to you. Like, no, some I was in a show. Some it was called don't. Wicked. You Eva. didn't know it was a Broadway show <laughs> that was like world some renowned that right. traveled some everywhere. People don't. You didn't probably know that. I don't know some people. I don't know everybody's everybody. Everybody in the. I don't know it. Anyway, Everybody knows. My point is, is I'm that just there's, this, strangle there's her. this crazy number where we're in a mob at the end, and everyone has like torches and rakes, and we're all like, ah! And I had a torch at first, and then the director switched it for a hammer and was like, you, that's more you. <laughs> I was like, okay. So it was like a real legit wooden 
meat like a hammer, mallet, like a oh, mallet. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was just like a peg in in a not like a nine pound head of a hammer and I after a rehearsal we had like a cleanup rehearsal our choreographer Wayne Salento was like I need you to be really mad and I was like I, I don't know if I can get any madder and he was like you're pretty mad but you gotta get more mad and I was like okay and I threw it so hard in the choreography that the head flew off of the handle oh. and it went into the audience <gasps> like slow but motion. no one was there it was a rehearsal no 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 this was during the show it hit the end of the stage, bounced, and still hit someone on the shoulder in the second row. And we, everybody went crazy. It was like people were flipping out, running down, like to see if she was okay. She ended up getting a backstage tour. It was early on in the run, so like she got to meet like all these celebrities who were like backstage. She got me to check it out, and she was so sweet. And I and I was like, oh my god, I'm so glad I'm meeting you. Are you okay? And she was just like, yeah. Can you sign my playbill? I was like, are you kidding? I'll write you a letter. <laughs> and I was like, what's your name? And she said Mallory. And I was like, dear Mallory, I will forever name my mallet after you. <laughs> and on the wall where it hangs. Uh, it, it, at the Gershwin Theater, it says Mallory Mallet right there. Oh my God. Then they put a big, huge four inch screw and into then, it. Yeah, so it never, never like, flew it never, up again. Yeah. That's my hammer throw. It's <laughs> <laughs> my point. I don't think I have one story that interesting about the hammer <laughs> no, throw. No, no. You didn't, you didn't ever hit anybody? No, I never hit anybody. I got hit one time <gasps> by you your by hit. your like yourself. No. But oh, somebody else. By threw somebody it? else. Yeah, we were in a competition and the um, hammer hit the cage and the handle broke off and hit me like. <gasps> oh, the hammer. So had I been oh, an inch gosh. taller, it'd have been like. Ooh. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Not, not the, the face. face. That's what I said. Not the face. I know. So, Anything else but the face. So right. after the Olympics. So after you do the Olympics, you continue on competing. Mm-hmm, and how long did that go on? For I you? continued until 2004, oh, okay. and I unfortunately didn't make the team in 04. So I decided to hang up my hammer shoes. Mm, okay. It was a very sad. But day. I have to ask you because in the beginning, the hammer throw, like how far, how far. Did you throw the hammer? My first competition, I think my first national, I threw about 185 feet, right? And then I had to learn metric because we compete not only in the United States, right, we compete right. internationally, right? So I think my first throw, that's about 55, four meters, okay. maybe, right? So I'm then like, as I'm just I, going with it because I'm terrible at math. As I progressed, <laughs> I threw like my first, that was my first in 95. In 96, I threw like about... 210, same in 97. And then I, I started really focused on making the Olympic team. And that's when I started getting in like 68, close to 70 meters. And then when I finished, I had thrown like almost uh, over 70 meters. And that was like a huge standard then 70 meters. Now the American women, I'm so proud of them. When I watched them, I actually cried at the last U.S. championships. I know. Because they're throwing close to 80 meters. Which is like wow. what the men are throwing, right? Which is farther than what the men are yeah. throwing. Yeah. Yeah, in the United States, it's right? Pretty, so it's we pretty have some big women deal. that are just gonna kill it this summer and next summer and I just can't wait to watch them like every time I'm out and about I'm like I know California's a big deal to track me around here maybe I can meet them <laughs> <laughs> they want to meet you yeah. they want to meet you trust me they do now, something that was related I thought was very interesting um, so ESPN has the body issue mm-hmm. right that's come out and you know they don't have the best track record of um, being body positive positive. Okay. and even I remember one year we were talking about it they had the ESP 
ESPN Awards. The ESPY Awards. The ESPY Awards, thank you. I almost wanted to say ESPY and I didn't. But they had the awards <laughs> and Drake was a host, I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And he like fat shamed one of the football players. Like with the guy's naked photo up there and like decided to like look at how like really dude should you be doing that and like it was really really tacky and awful um but everybody laughed uh, people did definitely laugh i think it's harder it's harder to take that from for men like if he wouldn't have said that to a woman oh, which i feel uh, bad for bigger guys yeah. you know what i'm saying so yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know i, I mean, mean because bigger guys usually they're like ho ho yeah, yeah whatever I'm big, I'm big and big, strong whatever. and like, the guy who was yeah. like i was like I will crush you. <laughs> yeah, uh, come I mean, here, Drake. And boom. <laughs> For real. Like, right, Drake. Yeah. yeah, but I do think that women get fat shamed for their bodies especially the athletes don't you think well I think I'm just thinking in that case I don't think he would have been like oh should she really be up there he may not have said that if it was a woman's picture oh, but yeah. I think in saying that that I think men take it differently because you know track and field we train co-ed so right. I never really had anybody any of the um, males that I trained with like shame me like the big and stronger I was the more encouraging they were <laughs> yeah fortunately yeah seriously yeah. but do you think that that's true because you were in a sport uh, a competition that values strength, whereas value strength if you is, mm-hmm. if you are in a sport that you know values swiftness, like volleyball or no, but even like in a, in an, in another an event in track, yeah. like you know speed. But I think if you look like a fortunate enough in track and field, you run the gamut of every shape, almost every shape and size. So if you're a high jumper, right. you could be six four and like a size zero. Right. And if you're a triple jumper, you could be five seven and you know you could weigh 155 pounds and still be a size zero. Right. Because yeah. you just need that strength and power. So I think I'm just thankful to participate in a sport that actually celebrates, help me celebrate my size. Yeah. You know, because there's not a lot of um, Olympic or specifically Olympic sports or any sport really that celebrates size except track and field mm-hmm. and weightlifting yeah mm-hmm. there's not really any other sport that like goes yeah it's okay for you to be bigger especially I, women yeah and i think that sometimes bigger is a misconception with uh your size because like you need um like i never had a coach tell me don't you need to get smaller mm-hmm. like i was fortunate my coaches were really good with me like you need to get fitter yeah. so they explained it to me like the heavier you are the stronger you have to be mm. to compete in this sport so right. you you if you want to have if you want to have that cheeseburger, go ahead. <laughs> but here's what this chicken breast and broccoli is gonna do for you because the more fit you are, the further you can throw because your strength levels will match yeah. your you know your body. Muscle you density. Have to be able to regardless of your sport, you have to be able to move your body weight. Right. Yeah. So they just put it to me that way, and that was like um, I think I didn't experience that like you need to lose weight, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do that, and right. I think I'm just so happy then that did it was like you that. have to train? I mean, obviously, like, you trained with weightlifting and you trained mm-hmm. actually throwing the hammer. But, mm-hmm. like, what other training is involved in you know, throwing the hammer? I think um, athletes now are becoming more and more and more athletic, regardless of the sport, mm-hmm. right? And they're starting younger and younger and younger, right? So I think we did... Um, we did some of everything. Like we had to, one time, we had to run two hundred meters. I'm like, how far is that? How That's too that? far. That's only halfway around the track. Right? But like I said, there was a lot of me like, to move yeah, two hundred yeah. meters around the track. Right? Right, right. So I think our coach made us do that once, and I was like. I respect you. I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do because I want to be good, but I'm not doing that again. <laughs> See, as a soccer player, we had to run all the time. So I'm like, right. 200 meters, that doesn't sound very no, far but because we had to run a lot. We had to run a lot. Yeah, I think yeah. soccer players only run like 10 miles a game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, um, I just was looking at the, the, the World Cup is playing right now. They're almost done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking at like the man of the match every, every game. And 
They don't run. They, actually, the, like the man of the match, they run the the one that ran the most was he ran 13 miles in one game. Wow. That's, that's crazy. crazy. And I think I'm doing stuff with my 10,000 steps. I mean, <laughs> right? not so much. Right, right. But I want to go back to this ESPN body yeah, issue yeah. because there was a, you know, they do these naked photos and they're beautiful. And there's one of a softball player and she's gorgeous and beautiful and not like <laughs> cut. You know what I mean? She's not like. <laughs> That's my cut. That's what cut muscles That's sound like. That's what cut muscles sound like, Kathy, <laughs> as she puts her hands down them. Um, so, you know, and I, I don't, I think a lot of people were like, oh, this is so brave and body positive, and it certainly is, but I, I just found it fascinating that underneath her uniform, it mattered what, how many muscles she had. Like, I feel like softball players especially, like, being stocky is actually great, especially for mm -hmm. catchers. I was a catcher when I was in high school. And, and you know, there's something to be said for softball, too, like doing, you know, short runs, and, and your body is just going to look different. It's not going to look lean and live. No, like it's not going to look like a runner, or it's not going to look like a yeah. one of those ice skaters' bodies. That's just not mm -hmm. the case. Yeah. I just thought it was very interesting that hers was the one that stuck out, because the rest of them, it was like, I don't know if there was some kind of regimen that they did before they took the naked photo. I know a lot. But you have a beautiful photo you sh you sent to us of all of the people who mm -hmm. were in the Olympics with you. Or was it the track and field? It was it was um it was a it was by H Howard Schatz. It was called The Athlete. Oh, okay. And it was a book I was able, I was able to be in there. So you guys are looking at it right now, and you can see. Yeah, and it was just I wasn't prepared for like I didn't say like I'm gonna get in shape for this. Um, we were at nationals. I think it was 2001, so it's a fairly old photo, and I was asked to be in it, and I said yes. So the thing about that is like. I think they had some uniforms for everyone, right? So you just had like a kind of a panties and a bralette. And I've never been not endowed. Like I've always had the girls. <laughs> so <laughs> the it was so funny because I couldn't fit the shorts they had either. So I had to have my own shorts, which is fine, right? I'm used to that. Yeah. So. And then, but the bra, I kept falling out of the bralette while I was taking the pictures. So I was like, you're like, guys, come on. I'm like, come on. So they they wanted to get in some because I was throwing while I was taking the pictures. Yeah. But it was such a good experience. Okay. And at first, I was a little bit like. Um, if you look at the book, there are only a few athletes there that aren't cut and don't have like amazing abs. And I've I've never had that. But like, yeah. you know, I said sometimes like, well, what's wrong? Why don't you have abs? And I think, well, what's wrong with my body? Right. You know, yeah. this body's got 16 different national titles. Yeah. Hello. American and strong, and record and when yeah. I was in my time, right? It's nothing wrong with this body. Right. So I started to be a lot. That picture really helped me gain my confidence okay. because That's I amazing. thought people would see it. And, you know, we talk about like, we don't need external val validation. We can have our, we can validate ourselves. But I mean, the truth be told, we're all human. Sure. So after yeah. I saw that picture and some of my um, colleagues in the track and field world was so complimentary both men and women I just was like yeah girl was look so, at your yeah. naked body since, <laughs> since then I just, it really helped boost my confidence when I thought it would have the opposite effect yeah, so I was yeah amazing. it was great I loved I mean just seeing all of you like mm -hmm. that I, were you all in the room no actually I oh, think it was individual and then it was cut together oh it was cut together well yeah. they did a very good I wish job. I yeah. liked it because I would have brought the book with me oh yeah I love that that was so beautiful yeah next time we should take a quick break so we can get water yes we're gonna take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk to Don about hot topics <laughs> and 
about her work now, what she's oh, doing yeah, now. And what she's doing now and yeah. her amazing Instagram. Please. So come back. Plus Be right us. back. this promotional consideration brought to you by melissa massey custom clothing isn't exclusively for the rich and famous melissa massey is custom made clothing for everyday wear a unique combination of custom tailoring and deluxe fabrics that is well made and fit for every size and frame made in la sold in la and online at melissamassey.com It's not the natural beauty products in your life, but the life in your natural beauty products. Linda Kamen's Aromatherapy Salon, lindakamens.com, for happier, healthier living. Promotional consideration provided by Scrubs Body, a woman-owned business with scrubs so natural, they're good for your public parts and your private parts. Scrubsbody.com. Guys, Dawn's jacket is a suit. It's a suit, and, and she has the matching Ella pants, Queen. and it's she looks. And you're so right; hot. it is amazing, and we've seen the whole thing. Well, and you guys, we're gonna take pictures and post them on Instagram. And Kathy and I are gonna be wearing our highest high shoes, so high, and still gonna be little shorties <laughs> next to this. Beautiful Glamazon. Thank you. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Who is also wearing like four inch heels, by the way, just killing it. Yeah, because why, why not? She's like, I'm always taller than everybody anyway. Yeah. That was my favorite thing. She's like, why? She's like, why do I gotta, why do I gotta wear them? Yeah, I'm just gonna wear them. I love it. I, I love, love it. it. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Okay, right now I work in college athletics and I love it. I mean, I'm really happy to work in a um, industry that so impacted my life. So I work at Cal State Northridge and I'm the Woo! associate athletic director. Director for Marketing, Branding, and Fan Development. So what does that mean? That means I'm in charge of like your game day experience, marketing, selling tickets, getting people out to the game, doing some community engagement. So like if you go to a game, like when you walk in, the, as soon as you walk in the door, you should be entertained. You should have a great experience from the time you walk in to the time you leave. Oh, wow. And that's what I'm in charge of for my university. So like, you know, if you go to a basketball game, every time out there's something going on. At halftime, there's something going on. Pre-game, post-game, giveaways, toss oh, the crowd. Fun. Things went out of the ceiling. I oversee our... <laughs> I mean, I want you guys to come to a basketball game. Oh, like, you will have, have the best time. You will have the best time. Yeah, my, my nephews just started their very first back basketball classes this week, so oh. we should. I should take them to a game. You know, shameless plug, you should get them signed up for the CSUN Kids Club. Matador oh. Kids Club. Liz, Matador's <laughs> Kids Club. My sister graduated from CSUN, so oh, she nice. should go. She's a Matador. She is. Once a Matador, always a Matador. That's right. Yes, that's mm-hmm. excellent. So <laughs> do you find... Um, that you deal with the kids a lot, the students? And, and I work with the student athletes. Like a part, of, part of athletic administration is you get to be administrated with one of your sports teams. And what is my sports team? Track and field. Oh, yeah. That's my sports team that I work with. So I get to work with the student athletes um, not as much as I'd like to, but I do get to interact with them. And that's the best part of my job. The student athletes are really the best part of my job. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. what do you think is the biggest uh, hurdle <laughs> that they um, <laughs> need to jump over? Like in Because, you know, there's a lot of in the news about like um f- like 
kids being hungry, like not having enough food at school mm-hmm. in college. And like a lot of kids are homeless, like living out yeah. of cars and on couches. I was just wondering like, what's your experience? Like what's, what's something you feel like college kids need more than anything? That's a good question. I think like, you know, a lot of time maybe I get a little tunnel vision and I think about what does my student athlete need? We had a conversation today. We need to start, we had a conversation today. We need to start calling them students, not student athletes. Oh. And I think they need time management. Time management skills is a big thing for, um, for um, our student athletes, getting getting on campus and like actually, um, some of a lot of our students are first generation college students, so it's not only new to them, it's new to their whole family. So I wow. think it becomes a family affair for lots of our um, lots of our students on campus. I mean, when you go to graduation and you see like. Um, babies to great grandmothers at graduation, you really know you're doing you're doing work, and that's what you're supposed to be doing for. So, so we live for our students. Well, and I feel like CSUN, because I grew up in the valley, and CSUN was considered like a commuter school. Like, there's not a lot of kids who live on campus. I mean, there are, I'm sure there are, but it was considered a commuter school because everybody would like live at home or go, you know, go to CSUN, and not it's like not the traditional like I don't know sleep away college, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. Do you feel like that's a challenge in getting people to come to events or to participate in that way? You know, I think there are like 80,000 alum in the San Fernando Valley that went to CSUN, right? Wow. So I think you're right. It was a commuter school. I think now with our leadership, they're trying to transition to a destination campus. Okay. So we have a lot more beds on campus, and there's a we have a really active campus and student life. I think that's something that they're continuing to grow and grow and grow each year, and I'm part of that. Like, I work with some of our partners on campus to really provide opportunities for our students to stay on campus, to have fun things to do, to have activities to go to. So it is changing. That's great. Mm-hmm. That I love great. to hear that. Yeah, me too. CSUN is such a great school. They have so many different programs there. There's mm-hmm. so many, like there's a really great deaf school, deaf uh, studies program. There's a great like opera program there at CSUN. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, a it's a really business, good school. business school. Yeah. Great athletic program. They have a great library. <laughs> My friend Lim- Lynn Lampert works at the library. She's a librarian <laughs> there. Hey, Lynn! <laughs> I love that. Well, one of the things we were talking about when we were um, in the green room, we were talking about um, brands and you were telling us about Eloquy and how you, you know, even that it's hard to find things for somebody who's as tall as you. And uh, we were talking about how there are brands. There was a great article that came out, the Curvy Fashionista. If you don't read what she writes, guys, she's like really on it. Yeah. Like she really dives deep about fashion and like what's actually happening. And she uh, basically wrote an article called Our Brands Dating Us in the Dark. It's kind of like on the down low. On the down low, totally. And she said, uh, this is my favorite quote, even counting the demographic of the 67% of women in the United States wearing above a size 14, only 10% of online apparel is available in plus size. 10%, she put in caps, 10%. And then she went on to discuss how those who have sort of crept into the plus Wait, size. they're quietly entering yes. into the Creeping. So plus what size. creep? Yeah. yeah. Like they literally like, <laughs> they literally did that. They're literally doing that. They on are. The um, <laughs> and then they're, and then so then we were talking about that, how they, they are creeping in and then it doesn't do well because no one knows about it. Right. And then they go, oh, oh see, it didn't work. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> 
And I love that Dawn just found out because we were doing this story that J. Crew has plus sizes. And she was like, what? And like went and like searched it. And about how these brands don't get it. Like you could have an Olympian modeling your clothes, y'all. Yeah, y'all. Yes, y'all. Come on, J. Crew, get on board. Come on, Eloquy, get on board. And we're just like talking about like what is the psychology of that? Like, and why and Lululemon, which really shadily was like, Oh no, that's not our customer. That's not the customer we want to address when we asked like when people were asking them, mm-hmm. Are you ever gonna have bigger sizes? And they were like, That's not not our customer, no. And they were really adamant about it. It was really gross. I think that person right. might have gotten oust from the board, if I'm remembering I hope that so. story correctly. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. And so then they um so then they did quietly add some plus sizes. Yeah. And I just am wondering, like, I know the need we need to wear clothes, but should we be supporting them? I don't know. I'm really torn. What do you guys think? John. <laughs> well, I think that I, I love, I've always loved to shop and I've always been plus size. Like, if a five year old can be plus size, yeah, I was it. I was wearing a Husky brand at Sears and Roebuck. Girl, right. I always but say. I'm so cute, though. I, I was bet, so cute. Yeah. Yes, you were. <laughs> I, I used to always were. say I was, I was a size 10 when I was 10. Yes. Right? Yeah. My, when, I remember when kids would be like, at your age, not your shoe size. I'd be like, well, my shoe size is 12 and I'm 10, so. <laughs> 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 so, I just think that, um, I, I'm just not sure why. I'm just not sure me wearing a size 20 is going to take away from you wearing a size 2. Yeah. I don't sure. I would not I would not go to a store and say, I'm not going to buy that size 20 because you sell it in a size 2. Well, I think that that's because there's a lot of body bias. I think that a lot of people who are smaller feel like, well, I don't want to shop in a place that sells clothes to fat people. I'm not fat. Why would I need to? Why should I shop with other fat people? Why do you shop at department store? Well, why do you go to the grocery store? Why do you put shoes on? <laughs> I, I put gas in my car. I know, I mean, but that's, what? That, but that's something know. that can be like um, separated. You know what I mean? Like, well, mm. we all have to go here. You don't have to shop. I don't have to sh- buy the same clothes. I don't want to be seen wearing the same clothes as a fat person. Oh, mm. I think I, I've now now I have to look at things a little bit differently yeah. and where I spend my dollars because I wouldn't have thought of it like that. I'm so excited if I can find something that is my size and is long enough. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. right. I'm going to get it, you know, so but now what, I would how, I would reevaluate. You are, you're very tall. How tall are you? I'm six foot two. You're six two. And you, do you how long is your inseam? Do you know? 36. 36 minus 30, guys. And I'm like. Taller for a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's difficult to find clothes, right? And as you get clothes are made in a certain range, you say, "Oh, this brand makes tall sizes," and I'll go up to a size sixteen. Well, right, I, right. I spent my life like I'm gonna buy these pants because in six months I'm gonna be a size sixteen. Right, right, right. Just living your life. Yeah. Right, nature. right. What if? What if? What yeah. if? So I think now brands are becoming like more inclusive to all sizes because you know sometimes on a plus size range there's um I don't I won't say extremes because I don't want to sound negative but there's such a wide variety of sizes. Yeah. Uh, oh. Sizes and shapes. Yeah. Right? For sure. Yeah. So I think we talk that- about this all the time. Like I'm like. To me, like visually, I'll see someone and be like, oh, they're probably like a size 24. And then we'll be talking and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm a size 16. And I'm like, yeah. like my brain doesn't 
comprehend that. Yeah. Because it's just it's just so different. And that's just yeah. because bodies are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bodies are different. Even a size two body is different from another size two body. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. not exactly the same. Yeah. But I think even over a size 14, because there has been a, an enormous amount of industry that hasn't had to make clothes that big then they don't know how to make clothes that You're big. absolutely right. So what's, That's right. what's promising is that these young up-and-comers are learning. Designers, and yeah. And yeah, they, the people who are now being taught are sort of being taught with this, like, well, if you want to make any money, you better make some plus-size clothes. Right. Like Christian Siriano, was, we talked about him last week, like, he's like, I tripled my sales by adding plus-sizes. Like, what's wrong with you? You don't like, want why money. Like, why would you don't want, you don't want to you make want money? money? But, you know, he's under 40, and it's a, there is that divide, I think, in people feeling like... Honestly, I don't think they know how to make it for every curvy body. Mm-hmm. I do think that it there should be different cur- like different curve sizes. Do you know what I mean? Like or a lot of stretch because that solves a right, lot of Right, because I too. think that like cuz I am I am a pretty standard size 18. Like my measurements are like pretty much a standard size size 18. But sometimes in a brand, I'll wear a seven, 16. Sometimes I'll wear a 14. Sometimes I'll wear a 22. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not like a, and, and I think that there can be another size 18, but her arms might be thinner than mine, or her waist might be thinner than mine, or her legs might be bigger than mine, or whatever. But it's, it, it's not a standard. Like, we have to, maybe we need to, like, do that. Like, it's like a size 18, tall. Size 18, petite. Size 18, regular yeah. size 18 busty yeah yeah like busty, busty or, or size 18 yeah. not busty you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. because there are a lot of plus size girls who aren't, aren't busty. busty yeah for sure and i want to ask you because i always ask this question do you use the word fat i think sometimes like to describe yourself would you say that I think I do sometimes. Like, I'm getting fat. Like, I feel like lately, like, everything in my closet from last summer, like, I'm from the East Coast, right? So you have a summer closet and a winter closet. Yes. So, you know, like, <laughs> know after Labor well. Day, you, you wash all your clothes, you wash all your winter's <laughs> summer clothes, you put them away because it's about to turn fall. And then, like, that's in not true in LA. Memorial okay. Day, you wash all your sweaters, put them away because it's going to be summertime, right. right? So, I think my summer closet um, is a little snug right now. <laughs> so, I think I've had said about myself, like, don't you get in fat? I'm getting fat. But I, I, um, but I don't do think you I've... use that in like a negative connotation? Because it sounds I like it. Think, I have yeah. to think about it. I think if I would call myself like, yeah, you know what? You're getting fat. I would I would say that. Does this make me look fat? Like, I don't say, does this make me look pink or blue? Does this make me? I've never <laughs> asked anybody, does this make me look too tall? <laughs> does this make my afro look too big? Does this make my skin look too brown? I've never asked that right. question. Right. So I think yes. I think but I have. It's, but it's interesting because... Okay, so then if you were getting fat, or if you're like, if someone, if you said to somebody, does this make my butt look fat? And they were like, yeah, would you find that as an insult? Mm, uh, I, maybe. It depends on who is saying it, right? So if I ask you, <laughs> does this thing look fat? And you're like, yeah, fat, fresh and fat. I'd be like, yes. <laughs> but I, I don't think I would ask anybody that. Does this make me look fat? I don't think I would ask anybody that. No. Yeah. No, not, not not anybody that I wasn't close to or maybe who I right. knew would give me a negative answer. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't go to my coworkers and be like, hey, y'all, do I look fat? Right. And it's they're funny. like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny because I feel like we have certainly shifted since we've been doing the show. Yeah. You know, we did the show because we were like, how are there 67% of us and less than 2% of us are on, in media or film and TV? Mm. And we were like, bah! 
like little rage machines. But then we realized how much of our own body bias we had and how much I would always say chubs. I would never say fat. I would always be like, chubs, chubs, I'm chubs, blah, blah, blah. It's like my favorite word. And then like slowly... Like, saying fat felt okay. Right. And there was, like, an undoing that happened. Because the more you read about, like, what you just said, like, you would never go, I, I, you know, I'm black, that's bad. You know what I mean? It's just, Or do these or pants just, make me look too tall? Yeah, yeah. So, like... Because fat is really, truly just a descriptive word. Right. Like, tall, short. And who you're not like, oh, what that is? Right. Like, exactly. I have friends that are, like, a size two or six, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting fat. But... No, I mean, I will look at them and say, like, no, you're not, you're skinny. But is that fair for me to say to them, too, the same way I wouldn't expect someone to say, like, dang, I'm getting, don't you getting fat? So I think that it's all relative to, like, who you're talking to and how you phrase it. Yeah, I, I when a size two person is saying, I'm feeling fat, I would feel very comfortable saying, well, fat's not really a feeling, it is just how you look. Like, if you're bloated, that's different. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, like, saying you feel fat. No, but if she said that they, they, they said, I'm getting fat. Yeah. Because that's different. And I think that, I think that it depends. Because this is the thing. I think that we are, we are allowed to say what we want to say about our own bodies. Mm-hmm. I think that if we don't want to be fat, then we have the right to not want to be fat. But I also think that there's what is the reasoning behind that? So do you not want to be fat because society tells you that fat is bad? Or do you not want to be fat because you're not feeling good, you're not feeling healthy, you're feeling sluggish, you're feeling like your clothes don't fit as well as they used to, and you don't like that? Mm-hmm. Like that is, I, in my opinion, that is, that's when you get to, you get to decide what you want to do with your body. You don't... It, I, that's where the problem is, is that when you're going, oh, society says I have to be a size two because I've always been a size two. Um, and now now I'm a size four. And oh, my gosh, my world is changing. Yeah. Right. yeah. I, I will admit this. When I really sat down and thought about it just recently about all of the weight loss things that I tried to do, because I have literally been pretty much a 14 16 since i was 14 and um i just have always tried to not be and i I, sometimes i succeeded in getting down to a 10 and then of course would be like an 18 20 soon after that's just like the way it would go and when i really think about those times i'm like was i really hating my own body i don't know that i really was i think that i felt like other people wanted my body to be smaller and that I actually was like really okay being the size I was because it wasn't something that I carried around like an albatross. I didn't shut down because of it. I know there are some people who have and and that is really heartbreaking where people do like take that on and shut down and, and are less of a person because they hate their body so much. I think I was just doing it because socially people, that was what a plus size girl did yeah you, you always I mean? tried to lose weight yeah because i don't, I don't mind you're... my body right yeah. yeah i think your body's beautiful well, thank you. and i don't think any of us knew that knew or believed that we were fat or big or too tall or too short until someone told us right yeah. i remember the first time someone said i'm too big to do xyz i was like seven years old i was at a church picnic we had a bouncy house 
And I was seven years old. I was bouncing the house, all the little kids. I was twice the size of every other seven-year-old in the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm bouncing the bouncy house. And this woman who was like from the church was like, she's way too big to be in that bouncy house. And I heard her say this as a seven-year-old, and I think I like got out of the bouncy house and I wouldn't go back in it. Aww. And that's the first time I realized that like maybe big was being different or whatever. And I don't or think, bad, right? Or or bad. Yeah. Like, big was bad, right. right? And I remember my mom, my mom would say to me, "She's like, girl, if they don't like, if you don't like it, don't look." You have already told me like three stories about your mom, and I just like love your mom. She, totally she was like completely. the best mom ever. That's yes. right. If you, if you don't like it, if if someone doesn't like how you look, tell them don't look. Right. That's right. That's, right. Right. Yeah. that's really great. Well, speaking about looking, I want to talk just briefly because we we're almost to the end, I guys. I know it's so um, fast. When but it's I want to talk gone. a little bit about oh. your Instagram because you recently went to. Um, New Orleans. New Orleans. Yes, and like yes. took all these amazing photos. And I'm just curious, when are you going to sign your plus size modeling contract? <laughs> Does anybody hear that? Hello, hello. When are we going to sign our plus size modeling contract? We got to get them you know, out there. I, um, I would love to do that. I haven't really tried, like, seriously tried, but that's something I would love I to mean, do. I mean, because you are so beautiful and you're so, like, free in front of the camera. Like, I just loved oh looking at all your Instagram. The table and just hug it's you. so true. <laughs> it is. It's so like, it's true, just so Thank beautiful. You. It's so true. And I think that also um, you're needed. Like, representation is needed. And there are women who look exactly like you who mm -hmm. don't get seen. They don't see themselves right. anywhere. So let's sign her up. Like, how do we make that happen? I don't know. But I think that Megan Kimberling needs to, like, coordinate, oh. like, a beautiful shoot with you. Okay. Let's make it let's happen. Let's Megan. Megan, let's make it happen. We're let's looking at you, Megan. Studio. Yes. <laughs> no, we want, we definitely want you to have the plus this bump. What is your Instagram handle? Everyone follow her. Go follow oh, her yes. as soon as she tells you. Tell it's, us um, it it's D underscore LRB. So that's D-E-E. -E. Underscore, my last name is Ellerby, E-L-L-E-R-B-E. -E. So D underscore Ellerby. You can That's see it on the handle. screen right now. Jarvis just put her little handle there so you can see the few pictures Thank that are you, up everybody. right now. <laughs> Go follow her right now on Instagram. I mean, don't stop watching our show. As soon as it's over, then you can we go. We also have posted a lot of pictures of you this weekend. Yes, and we tagged, tagged her. Yeah. Nice. So Thank we so really, much. really want people to follow you. And when can we come to a game? Yes. Anytime. Trina, Trina, wants to, Trina said she wants in on the game. Okay. Come on, Trina. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have like, we're going to have like all these like fat girls and then my like nephews coming in to watch the game. <laughs> that, that's right. We welcome everybody. Everybody can come and have fun. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Basketball that's starts true. in September? Basketball starts in November. November. Yeah, men's okay, and women's November. basketball. So oh, we need that's to support, perfect. We need to support both the men's and women's teams. Yes. And all of our sports start up the middle of August. Men's and women's soccer, women's volleyball, I want to come to a soccer basketball. game. That would be fun. I'm a, my husband Any and I are game, You let me know when you want to come. They, they I will, they I will are very inside. They, like, she will have a conversation with her husband and I'll be like, no, no, no. Like I have oh no God. idea what they're we, talking about. We're at all. big soccer fans. They're crazy. I'm really fans. like, I'm really obsessed with the World Cup right now. I'm a little bit sad because my little ancestry team lost, but <laughs> it's okay. Sorry, England lost. You'll I just found okay. out that I'm 73% English, oh. so I decided to. <laughs> <laughs> So that like changed because, everything. Because the United States wasn't in. 
Anyway, Excellent. okay. Will you come back and see us? Yes. I will you. come back and see you. You're when you sign boy. your contract and you're like a huge supermodel, right. <laughs> you're yes. like, bye, CSUN. I have to live my model life. You just life. speak that right into existence. Yes, I am. <laughs> Listen, we manifest here. Yeah, we do. Right. A lot of things happen in this. We talk about it in this room and then it happens, guys. <laughs> talk about what's happening next week in this room. Oh, yeah. Kathy Deach is not going to be here next week. I'm not. I'm going to be in New York. She's going to be traveling and living her fiercest life and in I have New York a gig. City. I have a with a uh, heart tribute band called All Heart, and we're doing a benefit concert uh, Sunday, July 22nd at 8 p.m. at a place called Drom. If you put in All Heart, Kathy Deach, it'll come up on the interwebs. But please come out and support. It's for uh, a fellow cast mem- member in Wicked who was in a terrible car accident and is paralyzed. So he just needs all the funds. So pack the house. Let's pack go. Pack the house. Make Let's it happen. It. But I'm not going to so be here. She's not going to be here next week. We're having guest host Megan Kimberling in the studio yes. with um, our guest is Jordan Daniels, who is Joho Daniels on Instagram. Yes. He is like just. Uh, this is how it, he was described to me. He's fat, black, Jewish, and gay, and amazing. <laughs> We're so in. We're so how in. How am I not here? I'm gonna call. I know you're gonna be so. You're gonna be like <laughs> calling in. And, hey, I want to be on the show. <laughs> totally, I'm gonna call in and be like, I'm missing everything. Everything. FOMO. Everything. Um, thank you again, Don, thank for you coming. So thank much. You. It went by so thank fast you. per yeah. usual. So and we'll see you next. And week. we'll see you next week. We love awesome. you.